0: Good morning, good afternoon, good evening, and welcome to the Two-Scene Podcast. Welcome, first-time listeners, to the Two-Scene Podcast, a podcast for two aspiring sports journalists, sit down and talk baseball. I am your host, Tyler Foy, and alongside me today is my co-host, Nathan Lannan. And a lot has happened since the last time we made an episode due to the fact that we actually didn't record or release an episode this right. past weekend so we got a lot to catch up on this episode but i think the first thing that we want to talk about and get into is the thing that hurts me the most
1: <laughs> yeah you just want to get it out of the way don't you
0: oh absolutely i want to get it out of the way you think i want to talk about it the entire episode i gotta gotta enjoy what's coming after this topic and i have to shout out to my dad who uh referenced or even predicted Mm. the fact that i would be weeping in this episode when we come into it weeping well here i am sad the biggest story (laughs) over this past weekend for me as a red sox fan was that the yankees swept the Sox in fenway tough games to watch game one was miserable the red sox weren't even in the game for the entirety of it they lost in the first inning and couldn't rebound from it but I mean, in the games two and three, the Red Sox end up taking leads. They make it a close game. And then all of a sudden the eighth inning rolls around or late game rolls around and the Yankees end up on top at the end of it through some, some questionable calls, some interesting decisions from Alex Cora uh, in terms of what the media is saying. And then Giancarlo Stanton was absolutely huge this series. He went seven and 13 with three home runs and left zero men on base and now the Yankees sit at the top of the wildcard standings in the American League. If this was how the league would end today, they would be hosting the wildcard game in Yankee Stadium and not being at Fenway, which it was going into the series. We said uh, a lot earlier that... In an earlier episode, we said that
1: this series could decide which one of these teams makes the playoffs, which
0: is not entirely true as we, as we look at it right now. But I mean, this is going to be something that the Red Sox are definitely going to be looking back on. If the, if the Red Sox
1: missed the playoffs, it's definitely, they're definitely going to look back on this series and ask what could have been. Yeah, I mean, you had the Yankees coming into Fenway. You just won a handful of games, absolutely smacked the Mets. Like this, the Red Sox did look good going into this series, but they just couldn't get it together, especially with the clutch hitting from the Yankees this series. I mean, as you mentioned, Giancarlo Stanton was absolutely white hot and ruthless Uh, he was ruthless Ruthless. he just he must have been fired Uh, what something must have lit a fire under him because he he's been
0: good for like not be stopped he's he's been good for a while now a good month now of this yankee hot streak back when the yankees won all those games in a row before going on their little dry spell he was a big part of that including aaron judge was a big part of that who was also a major piece of this series which is A interesting talking point because in game three, Joe West is sitting behind the plate. Yeah, you know he's he's calling the game. Was yeah, it's his last season in the major leagues. And what was that call, Joe?
1: Yeah, what What that was was very questionable.
0: Like. Fix your strike zone, man. Like, I, not it, even, it looked like he'd struck out. Like, not it was... that it's that the fact that it was he struck out yeah. the play that we're referencing was that Aaron Judge foul tipped the ball into the catcher's mitt, but on the transition, oh, yeah, the yeah, yeah. catcher dropped the ball, which made it which they deemed to be not a strikeout, which is entirely incre- it's, it's incredibly dumb because the ball was in possession of the catcher. I don't know. I, I feel that... I mean, maybe I I'm mean, just a salty... Did it ever, hit the, did it ever so- hit the ground, though? Well, I mean, on the trans... After oh. the ball hit his bare yeah, hand. It, did it
1: foul tip off of him? And then...
0: Oh, no, he dropped it. Yeah. He dropped the ball. And maybe I'm just a salty Red Sox fan. And it was only one out with two men on base. But, I mean, it's an entirely different situation if it's two outs to Giancarlo Stanton than if it's uh, one out with the Yankees just taking the lead... Right. To John Carlos Stanton. I mean, it's completely bogus in my opinion. I feel like that should have been called a strikeout. From what I've seen, I don't entirely know the rules on foul tips, but with my knowledge of baseball in general, it's always about the player having possession of the ball, and I believe he absolutely had
1: yeah. it. I, th- I think the debate here is if he had possession of it before, if he had possession of it and like secured it before he had dropped it, because if it was like middle, like rolling around in his mitt. Or uh, falling out of it before he had secured it, then it's I guess it's somewhat understandable that you could have called that uh, not a strike or not uh, strike three, but it still just it still doesn't make much sense. I I I think I think it was a strike. I think when I when look back at it, he had it like you could you could have certifiably called that a strike. Like it felt like the play was over before uh, he ended up dropping that ball. Like the call itself felt a little late.
0: Well, even so, I just, I, I couldn't get over it that series. But another thing that happened in Game 2 of the series was the Yankees obviously came up big in late again. Um, well, obviously, again, being in the third game. But in the second game, Cora made the decision to go to the pen. Obviously, our Red Sox pen has been pretty bad uh, of recent uh, over the course of right. maybe two months, we'll say. And a lot of people question his moves to go to the pen to Darwinson Hernandez, um, which I don't believe is a bad thing that he did. I think Hernandez uh, was the best guy for that situation, actually. Going into that appearance, the last 40 batters that faced Darwinson Hernandez, he had let go zero runs. Opposing batting average was a 0.097. People were batting 392 on the OPS against him and he had a 13.5 strikeouts to nine ratio so I think he was the perfect person to put in the position it just seems that the Yankees had the upper leg on him
1: yeah it really does it I, I it felt like just pitching wise nothing would go right for the Red Sox in that series uh I will say not having Chris Sale for that series I feel I will say in hindsight having Chris Sale for that series would have been better like if he hadn't started against the Mets like you could have met like I feel like at least in game one you could have stopped some of that early bleeding but at the same time the bullpen was just not great for the Red Sox and it's not and well the Red Sox do need to feel down after this series they don't need to be out They've got a really easy schedule remaining. I mean, they've got two cakewalks, a potential cakewalk series against the Orioles and Nationals. So uh, of the teams left in that American League wildcard race, they have by far the easiest schedule left.
0: Yeah, let's talk about that American League wildcard race and just kind of get away from the Red Sox and Yankees (laughs) series. The Yankees do sit up at top of the American League wildcard standings, as we mentioned. And they have the toughest schedule, I would say. Well, maybe not the toughest. Uh, I mean, the it's, A's. It's difficult. The yeah. A's have the Mariners and Astros, both competitors, one division uh, winner. It, it's almost the same way, right. actually. The Yankees face the Jays and the Rays to finish off their season. The Red Sox are going to be facing the Orioles and the Nats. And then the Jays are going to be facing the Yankees, of course, and the Orioles, The Mariners face off against the A's, and then following that series, they'll be facing against the Angels, and the Athletics are going to be facing off against the Mariners, followed by the Astros. Definitely some tough competition, some good series to pay attention to as we go into the weekend, which we'll discuss later in this episode, but I do have to say, yeah, the Red Sox definitely have the easiest scheduling uh, as we come down to the final few games.
1: Yeah, I mean the Orioles and Nats aren't much of a competition. The Jays do have uh, one tough opponent starting tonight with the Yankees, but after that they get I assuming they get to coast against the Orioles for that final series of the year. But uh it does feel like I mean it feels like the A's are going to need some extra a little extra help to get into that wild card spot. Maybe some losses from the Red Sox. They need losses from the Red Sox and Jays and they'd obviously need to beat the Mariners. So they would need a little help. The Mariners are also going to need a little help to secure that second wild card spot. They need uh, both. They need the Jays and Red Sox to lose uh, one or two down the line, and obviously they need to win out. But uh, if the Red Sox do get cold, I feel like this wild card race revolves around whether or not the Red Sox get cold because they are in possession of that second wild card spot as of now with a very easy schedule remaining. But if they get cold and teams like the Jays or Mariners stay hot then they could then they potentially have that ability to overtake Boston here
0: there's actually a fun way of looking at this which is not very fun for me but <laughs> there's a chance of a three-way tie even a five-way tie but it's very unlikely likely but there's more of a yeah. chance of a three-way Chaos. tie for that wild card spot according to Jeff Passan's research um he says that if the Blue Jays take two of three from the Yankees and then sweep the Orioles, and then the Yankees take two of three from the Rays, while the Red Sox win four of six from Baltimore and Washington, there would be a three-way tie for the two wildcard spots, which gets really tricky. I'm not going to go into how that all works right now, but I think that would be um, an interesting way to cap off this season i feel like all right. three of those teams are three game a three-way tie for that final wild not card just spot. any teams it's, yeah. though it's american league east three-way tie that could right, be really right. interesting
1: yeah i i do think that could be really interesting how likely exactly
0: is it to happen like is there d- like, a percentage chance or well there, yeah. i would say if the blue jays go on and win tonight then they face cole and Cole's yeah. is going to be difficult for them to get past but then they have Robbie Ray to go out on game three. Mm. So there's actually a good chance that they do take two of three from yeah. the Yankees. And then that they do go and sweep the Orioles. Because the Orioles are the Orioles. Right. But I don't know what the chances are of Yankees taking two of three from the Rays. And I don't want yeah. this to happen. So I don't <laughs> really want, you know, any of it. Yeah.
1: Oh, no, no. I'm here for the potential five-way tie. I'm I'm here for the chaos. Like, I, I saw that tweet that uh, Jeff, pa- Jeff Passon said that, there could potentially be a five-way tie if enough breaks right and i am so here for that I, has there ever been a tie like a a five-way tie in the mlb for the last ball guard spot or for a playoff spot ever i mean i, I don't, I don't I, know if there has i
0: don't believe yeah. that i know of anything like
1: i that. i'm I, I, either way i'm i hope it happens because i'm here for the chaos
0: yeah in order for there to be a five-way tie the Yankees would have to win one against Toronto, and that would be their only win for the rest of the season. They would go one and five. The Red Sox would have to go two and four. <laughs> Toronto would have to go three and three, which means they would have to lose right. two games to the Orioles. Orioles, or no, no two no, games to the Orioles? Oh yeah, they, they would have, have to. to ta- oh no, because they've had to
1: take. Two games, three from the Yankees. Yeah, yeah you're then right.
0: Then the Mariners would have to go four and two and win one against Oakland, which they already have done going into the last two games of the season, mm. or of the uh, series. Should I correct myself on? And Oakland would have to go five and one when they're facing the Astros after the Mariners with two wins against Seattle. It's just unlikely each right. team would finish with a ninety and seventy-two record. That would be insane. I don't even know what the rules would be on that one. I only know the rules kind of. I wonder, if you, I I I wonder if you can bet on it. That
1: I don't. I wonder if you can bet on it. Because that would be some kind of, I'm not, obviously I'm not endorsing it, but that would be some insane bet. That would like, be nuts. Imagine the payout.
0: Yeah. That would be, <laughs> that would be crazy. And I, once again, would rather that not happen. <laughs> I would rather me hold the, uh, you know, we can hold, or the Red Sox can hold that last wild card spot but i think we got to move on to the other side of the pond the national league there has been a lot of teams that have been eliminated that were original contenders or they haven't technically been eliminated but they're eliminated okay yeah. the there is well two teams have but... the mets the padres yeah. and honestly the reds have basically yeah. been i mean if
1: the reds lose even one singular game or the cardinal or the cardinals win a game they're done
0: all so... these teams are pretty much done the national league is shaping up as we come down to the last few games here the cardinals what the heck man the cardinals came out of nowhere well maybe not Not come out of nowhere the
1: talent they've had the talent to do this all season it's just it took a while to gel
0: Finally, I wouldn't say a 16-game winning streak is something that I predicted no. or that you predicted for the Cardinals to have at any point in this season. But Nate, why don't you give us a little bit about what has happened with this Cardinals team and why right. they so, have found themselves in that second wild card spot in the National League? So
1: a lot has gone down for the St. Louis Cardinals in this winning streak. It started with notably, uh, with notably, two comeback wins against the Cincinnati Reds, but uh, it has been. It's kind of been uh, awe-inspiring. There have been a lot. It's it, it's a collection of different moments, I think, mm-hmm. that like crystallizes this winning streak. I think uh, obviously one of the biggest. But if if you're not looking for a moment and you're looking for more a concrete uh, reason why they're doing so well, there are a few. The first is that Adam Wainwright has discovered time travel. I think because he's. <laughs> He has gone back to the past, found himself and has swapped places with him. So the Adam Wainwright of like 10 years ago is now pitching for the Cardinals and they are, and he's just pitching lights out. He's been one of the best pitchers in the league since the all-star break. He has been, he is, uh, in terms of what pitching success the Cardinals have had, he's been easily their best. Clutch comeback hitting, clutch hitting has been huge for the Cardinals. They've had a lot of comeback wins in this win streak. Uh, I I remember seeing they had like, I want to say like a handful of come from behind wins uh, against the uh, Reds, the Mets, I believe. They had a few, and the other wins they've had have just been utter routes because the batting for the Cardinals has just been out of this world. Uh, I think they've had 31 homers in this winning streak since uh, September 11th, I think. And Tyler O'Neill has 11 home runs in September. He's been, he has been batting wise, the face of the team in this winning streak. However, he's far from the only Cardinal doing this well. I mean, Nolan Arenado is the first Cardinal since with 100 RBIs since 2012, I think. Dylan Carlson's the first rookie with, I think, against the Padres. He became the first Cardinal rookie with multiple Grand Slams in a season. Wow. And uh, obviously, Lester John Lester hit 200 wins. It's been a lot of key moments along the way for the Cardinals. It's, it, But if you want to point to one specific thing that's really propelled this winning streak, or maybe two. It's Adam Wainwright and just the batting in general on the team has taken a giant leap yeah. in this win streak.
0: Yeah, I saw Harrison Bader actually was uh, right. he came out as player of the week this week, so he's had an enormous week for them. Uh, you mentioned the clutch hitting, and I think that's just a factor of when you get into September, that has to be something that each one of these clubs that make it to the postseason possess the ability to be able to have the mental strength that even when you're down in a game or a game is. Or you're late into a game, you're able to have those moments, and I think each one of those clutch moments add up to a certain amount of like momentum as you move forward. I don't know how much of that can get you to 16 games, but right. they have been absolutely amazing and stunning, stunning, stunning,
1: Stunning's is really one of the only words for it. I, I remember see I saw a tweet that was like, uh, I think, or er, I didn't see a tweet, I read a story that said, uh, FanGraphs had the Cardinals at, on September the seventh with a 2.8% chance of making the playoffs. And now, if they win tonight against the Brewers, they clinch that second wild card in the NL and officially eliminate the Reds.
0: And the only way I can really describe this whole situation is that baseball is beautiful. Baseball's beautiful, because <laughs> yeah. you don't get that in every single sport. You don't get moments like these, where a team can rally in such a way when being so far away from that postseason goal. Right. I mean, it's been super... I mean, if you're obviously a fan of the cardinals you're ecstatic if you're not a fan of the cardinals you're probably still like pretty happy for them but if you're like a nl central i mean cubs Cubs
1: fans have just got to be in in caves right now like huddling back into caves of just the doldrums of baseball like they they, they've got to just be in so much pain (laughs) (laughs) they've just got to be in
0: so much pain they, they probably are in a lot of different pain, but, I mean, they do that. They still have their World yeah. Series ring that they can hold they can on hold to, on to 2016. 2016. Yeah, they'll
1: 2016. I mean, they'll be fine, yeah, but this has got to hurt, especially in the year that the Cubs decided to blow it up and the Cardinals just suddenly magic some wins together. Like, God, that's...
0: I love magic in baseball, and, like, <laughs> when we talk about magic in baseball, we always have to pair it back-to-back with the Giants, the magical team, the misfits of baseball. They... Are still leading the Amer- the National League West against the Dodgers. Here they are two games back, and man, I mean, I said that maybe the- I th- I said the Dodgers would eventually come out on top, and there's still a chance for they haven't it. Yet. But they they probably won't at this point. Yeah. The Giants are going to be facing off against the Diamondbacks and the Padres, while the Dodgers are facing off the Padres and Brewers. So I mean, definitely tougher series for the Dodgers depending right. how the Brewers go about their last series as well, because obviously you want to get your pitchers work in as much as you can before you take a break into the postseason, because baseball is a weird sport where it's not like other American sports where teams get... You know, buys when they go into right. the postseason. The reason they don't do that in baseball is because pitchers run on a system of pitching every five days, and sometimes the amount of time that is in between starts can really affect a pitcher. But at the same time, you go into this last series against the Dodgers, and you've already clinched your playoff spot. You're not right. really competing for anything per se. Exactly.
1: So, what do, do you do? You think they rest starters? I feel like I feel like they would at, at least maybe positioning-wise, you're right. They have nothing to play for. They've already won the division, and no matter what, they'll be playing the winner of the NL East in the NLDS. They don't have to play in the wild card round. So... It's going to be,
0: I mean, but the it'll, Giants, it'll interesting. the Giants still get to yeah. roll off the Diamondbacks, though. I mean, they right. sweep that series, and they go in the Padres. They take two of three. They've already, you know, they won the yeah. division. The Pod, the Dodgers need to win every single game they can if they want to stay out of this wild card game. It's certainly and possible with the way that the Cardinals are playing. I mean, I don't even know how that, you know, that series or well, the wild card plays out. Obviously, only one yeah. game deciding a whole fate of a season, but. The yeah. Dodgers versus Cardinals would be or the Giants versus Cardinals. Yeah. I don't even know what oh, would man. happen. With it. Ima-
1: imagine if either the Giants or the Dodgers, I think who've been undisputably the two best teams in baseball this year, just get beaten one game just because the Cardinals are that hot.
0: They're just they're like, on some sort of roll, yeah. but I, I have to say that regardless of whichever team does end up on the the wild card game, I have to believe that they will they will take that game. Of course, the game would either be played in Dodger Stadium, it will be played in San Francisco, either or, right? You get that home advantage, and I know it's not an important factor in baseball in comparison to other sports and how that you know plays a role in the game, but that home factor does, I, at least yeah. I would think so, would play in the playoff atmosphere.
1: Right, right. It definitely would, but uh, regardless, I mean, obviously the Cardinals wouldn't be hosting that game, but... The one thing is, uh, one, one thing I forgot to mention about the Cardinals' win streak is 11 of those 16 wins have come on the road. They, they, can, they can play anywhere right now. It doesn't matter. They've gone to New York, San Diego, Chicago. They've, they've dominated everywhere. So I don't know. I definitely think that in Dodger Stadium or in San Francisco, uh, I'd give the Dodgers, I'd give either the, either of those teams some significant advantage. But at the same time, against the Cardinals, it, with how they've been winning, it seemed like it hardly mattered.
0: I also don't know what the lineup is or what the matchup's going to be because typically around this point in the season, you're able to kind of map out okay, so this guy's probably going to be pitching in the wild card game. But I haven't actually looked at yeah. what it looks like for the National League. I know that if the Red Sox made it to the wild card, there's a high probability Evaldi would be taking the wild card game for the Red Sox. So. I don't exactly know what that's going to look like. I still believe that if it's either if the Dodgers have Bueller, Urias, or Scherzer on the mound, that they'll be able to take that game. And then if Gosman, Wood, or Webb is on the mound, that they'll be able to take that game. But hey, the Cardinals have been proving everybody wrong this month. They can certainly do it again. But there's another big divisional race that is still going on in baseball. We have the Phillies versus the Braves for the National League East. This 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 series,
1: the Phillies are only two and a half games back of the Braves. So if they take, I think if they take this series, then the division lead shifts, and then the Phillies, I believe, finish out with the Marlins and the Bra- and the Braves host the Mets to end the season. So either way, it's not that difficult of a schedule for either team after this series. So this the winner of this series could very well decide who wins the NL East.
0: Yeah, I mean it, they. <laughs> This is so competitive. Keep your eyes on that one specifically yeah. because it's really going to come down to it when There's
1: there's going to be so much tension. The tension in the in the air in these games, I'm sure is going to be absolutely palpable. Like, right. Yeah.
0: And let's talk about it. Let's talk about the this week's series that you should be paying attention to, starting with Philadelphia versus Atlanta. In the first matchup, which is tonight, you have the best pitching performance, so I hope you guys kept your eyes on it. Wheeler versus Morden. Morden's the best right. pitcher on Atlanta right now. Wheeler is the best pitcher on the Phillies. Ace versus ace. This is huge. I mean, right. I don't know who comes out on top. I would think Zach Wheeler comes out on top. Right, personally. he's just
1: having a just an insane year i think still leads the league in strikeouts i don't think i, don't, I like charlie morton but i
0: would still take zach wheeler in that matchup and then you have nola versus max freed and then the finish out the series you have gibson versus anderson so we got some matchups we got some key games that you guys want to keep your eyes on going into this week other national league matchups that you guys should be paying attention to that we mentioned earlier is the dodgers versus padres now the padres haven't announced every single pitcher that they have set out to start but every single one that they do obviously is going to have the job to stop the dodgers from taking over the division lead to bolster the dodgers chances uh as of the day that we're recording this they're going to have bueller going and then The day of this upload, which is Wednesday, they're going to have Scherzer. And then on Thursday, they're going to have Tony Gonsolin, which we haven't seen for a while because he's been uh, injured. He's been kind of getting his footing back in this rotation. And uh, yeah, that guy's weird that gonsolin guy (laughs) is is weird weird. the whole the whole whole postseason last year they kind of advertised him as the cat man yeah and i don't know that was really
1: strange a bit odd but you know i guess it worked out well and if he does
0: it for them then the dodgers will be successful why don't you tell me about some things that are Uh, going on in the national league that i should be paying attention to nate
1: Well, there's a brewer. Well, uh, starting tonight, there the Brewers and Cards start a series. Uh, That series is really only crucial for one game, and it's whichever one the Cardinals win because that officially punches their postseason ticket. So that'll be interesting to see. The Brewers don't have anything to play for; it they've they're completely locked into their postseason position. So it'll be interesting to see who the Brewers rest, maybe if they try and get everyone back up to speed, everyone healthy in time for the NLDS against either the Braves or the Phillies.
0: Right, and then the Giants have the Diamondbacks, and they've only announced two of their starting pitchers, but it doesn't really matter. What matters is if they win these games, and Webb and Wood are going to be going out there for the first two games of the series, and I predict that they should win those games, which would be pivotal to win the series. Uh, the uh, the Diamondbacks have Madison Bumgarner going on the mound on yeah. Sunday. Well, not Sunday. Sorry, oh, on Thursday. Team. Um, this is not the weekend re- uh, <laughs> s- scope. Yeah, this is the week scope. Week scope, not Please. weekend scope. And then oh in the American League, let's go start paying attention to the three-way slash five-way yeah. tie that could be happening. Obviously, already I mean, mentioned... there's
1: not a series you're gonna want to miss in the AL this week.
0: Yeah, like, you're I, not gonna every se-
1: miss. pretty much every series outside of uh. Pretty much every series is high stakes, even the ones with teams that are just completely done. And we already went
0: into the Yankees versus Jays series, but let me remind you, you got Talian versus Ryu tonight. Then following the day of this upload, cole versus barrios barrios has been terrible since becoming a blue jay but hey it doesn't
1: look good for the jays it doesn't
0: look great but cole has had his off starts and barrios we know that he has the skill to get it done but i don't know we're gonna have to see things come together for these blue jays here and
1: garrett cole like he he has his off starts but they're like like that game against cleveland's like once in a blue moon
0: but when he's bad
1: he's bad yeah see that's the thing when he does fall apart it's colossal and there's just no recovering from it but with jose barrios i feel like the jays at least know what they're getting i i, I doubt i very much doubt garrett cole falls apart like he did against cleveland I oh can. no i definitely so doubt I it definitely well. see the yankees absolutely taking game two but that uh, doesn't
0: stop us from trying to manifest it yeah it doesn't stop us from
1: trying to manifest uh blue jay's sweep but you know it, it, in or, some or, ways or two or three because i would really like to see that five-way tie but In some Uh, ways, it would
0: actually benefit the Sox for the Yankees to sweep the Blue Jays and kind of just eliminate them from playoff. Yeah, Yeah, but you know what? I want to see the Yankees lose because I'm a Red Sox fan. I still (laughs) want to see the Yankees lose. And then on the third game of the series, it's Kluber versus Robbie Ray. Blue Jays should have that game easily. So you actually get to watch both of the Cy Young races, Cole and Robbie Ray, in this series. Of course, not opposed against each other, but... Some important stats that we could cover in the next episode, which we will. But the first game of this series yeah, is going to be pivotal. It's, I it? think
1: it's going to be totally pivotal, or at least more than the other two games of the series, because with the other pitching matchups of this series with uh, Garrett Cole versus Jose Barrios and Corey Kluber versus Robbie Ray, I feel like those two pitching matchups are way easier to predict. I feel, I, I feel like Garrett Cole is going to outperform Jose Barrios, who's been shaky as a Blue Jay. And then you've got Corey Kluber versus Robbie Ray. Robbie Ray is a Cy Young candidate who should outperform an inconsistent Corey Kluber. But Jameson Tyone versus uh, Hyunjin Ryu will probably be the matchup you most want to pay attention to just because it might decide which way this series goes. I mean, obviously you don't want to assume that it's just going to be 1-1 easily. But depending on who performs better, those two could decide the series.
0: But that's why... Potentially. I, that's why baseball... Theoretically. Man, baseball is beautiful. <laughs> yeah. I'll keep saying it. Baseball is beautiful. Any of those matchups can go any single way because there is 162 right, games. Right, right. And not everybody's guaranteed to win in baseball. But they do have the strong chances, just like the <laughs> Athletics versus the Mariners series. The Mariners took Game 1. Very strong Game 1 from the Mariners. Offense showing out. But... The Athletics have Bassett versus Anderson and Montes versus Gilbert heading into the last two games of this series. And, well, personally, I feel like that strongly favors the Athletics to win the last two games, which you want right. in order for the five-way tie.
1: Yes. I, I, for the five-way tie, I would want the Athletics to take uh, these two games, and I think they will. I do think these pitching matchups uh, lend themselves to Oakland well. But you know, you never know. With the, I think the Mariners have definitely been hotter as of late than Oakland. I, I definitely feel like there's extra like I feel like there's extra motivation for the Mariners to make the playoffs this time around. I mean, like they're they are this close at this point, like uh, like a very very small gap from making the playoffs from the first time for the first time in twenty years. So it's got to mean something to them. I got to imagine the Mariners are playing with some kind of extra motivation or extra oomph throughout the last six games of the season.
0: Right. And mutual friend of ours, Henry Neiman <laughs> is, really hoping for the, Henry. is really hoping for those <laughs> Seattle Mariners to pull through as he is a Seattle Mariner fan that I learned today, yeah. actually. And <laughs> so yeah, the, the, he's pulling for those, those Mariners to make it in the playoffs. Uh, it would be a storyline if they did make it after everybody. I mean, it kind of would just play into the, the factor of the season, which is just mind boggling. Like every single team, or not every single team, but there's a lot of unexpected storylines this year. And if this one was just another one added, the Mariners make the postseason for the yeah. first time in like 21 years, 22 years. That would be a pretty insane. I one think it's to have. so
1: funny because it would just eclipse every other headline that would be happening around this time if the Mariners made it back in. Like they like because like even with all these stories, the Mariners they have not made the playoffs since 2001. Uh, so it'd be like, it, it, I feel like it would eclipse every other headline, every other story, just because of the magnitude of breaking a playoff drought. I think that's the longest in any of the four major pro American pro sports right now.
0: Right. And the most important thing for all those other teams that are trying to get in the wild card spot is that the Red Sox would have to fall out and versus the O's this week, they have Sale, Yavaldi, and then Pavetta. So those are really, yeah. those are the three best starters on the team going out against the, the Orioles. The Red Sox
1: are just throwing out nukes against the orioles (laughs) to just make sure they get those wins gotta go
0: three and oh we gotta go three and (laughs) oh we gotta go six and oh we can't drop a game we can't drop a game here and it's going to be important for them to take those games the last series i want to point out is the rays versus astros both teams aren't playing for anything but that is a that could be a postseason preview going into potentially lcs Right. So you might want to pay attention to how the Rays perform against the Astros with the matchups that are going out on the mound tonight, Mm -hmm. tomorrow, and Thursday, of course. But with that, that is going to do it for this week's edition of the Two Seamed Podcast. Now, we're glad that we can come back and recap the last seven days. I'm sorry if we missed out on anything monumental. I know there's a couple things that we didn't talk about, but we just wanted to stick to what the main headlines are going in and focusing on what this week has in store for us i want to thank you for listening to this episode of the two scene podcast if you liked our personal takes you can follow us at tyler underscore underscore Ford or at lannon underscore nate and if you want to know when this podcast is uploaded you can follow us on spotify and or follow our Twitter account at the Two scene Pod, which it comes out every Wednesday and Saturday as long as we actually record the episodes. So you should know that <laughs> you should know that going into it. We hope to see you on Saturday for the week's recap and the weekend scope. Once again, thank you for listening to this episode of the Two Seam Podcast, and we look forward to seeing you again this weekend for our week's recap and the weekend scope.